brother. It is my joy to be with you this morning. I know Joel through the ministerium. I like to hang out with pastors. They're a unique bunch. And uh, Joel asked me if I would fill the pulpit this day, and that's, it's, it's a great honor for me. Now, the email he sent to me said, the service starts at 1 a.m. I think he left out a zero, right? Yeah. So I, I thought I better not show up at 1 a.m., but, but by, when I showed up, there were a couple cars here, and so we got started. It was good to be with you. Uh, one of my staff members, Cheryl Kuyper, who sits the whole way in the back, back there, Cheryl Wave. Cheryl is uh, our coordinator of community life at Millersville International House, and I greatly appreciate her, and I appreciate this church standing with her uh, financially. We, um, we need partners if we're going to get the task done. As we partner with God, as He transforms lives, relationships, and even nations, as some, usually some 12 to 15 different countries are represented in the students who are staying at our facility. But then we have others who come there for English language training. And we have an opportunity not only to professionally help them learn English, but to then learn a Christian worldview, a better understanding of the United States, and hopefully go back to their country if not transformed eternally, at least having a better understanding of Christianity. I had a young uh, man from Yemen, after going back and visiting his own country and coming back again for another semester, he said, I did not realize how much I had changed in my thinking until I went back home and I tried to tell my friends that everybody in the West does not hate us and that I knew Christians that didn't want to kill me. And they would not believe him. And he came back to say, you know, it is, I want to thank you to help me understand the West. Now, that's not my ultimate goal. He also said that I was helping him become a better Muslim. That was not exactly my goal either. (laughs) But, (laughs) But what he was saying, really, as he talked to them, He had been a secular, just like in the United States, there are many secular Christians. You know what I'm talking about? A person who was born in the United States and therefore, when asked, what's your religion? Oh, I'm a Christian. Well, there are many Muslims like that. That's their culture. What he saw was a spiritual dimension of life that he was hungry for. And so... uh, still relate to him. He's not a believer yet, but he is aware, far more aware of the spiritual side of life. So do we have a lot of wonderful stories? We have a lot of wonderful stories, but uh, it's slow work sometimes, but it's exciting work to sit there at lunch and other times and engage these students. Usually we have 32 beds and then of course the English language classes and, uh, it's a it's a tremendous experience. We greatly appreciate this church standing with us. And you're all invited to stop in and see what we're doing right over on Manor Avenue. It was formerly the the Mennonite Children's Home. 
started in 1909 as a ministry to, uh, actually the first title was um, the Mennonite Home for Friendless Children. Isn't that a terrible name? <laughs> well, that only lasted a couple months. They decided to change it to Mennonite Children's Home. And that was a good thing. Friendless Children. Ooh. So, But we continue that on that property and uh, purchased the property from Easter Mennonite Mission in 2010. And we are now a, a separate nonprofit with a little broader relationship to the evangelical community than just uh, within the um, Mennonite or Anabaptist group. So please come visit us and see what, uh, see what we do there. Let's get into the word together. I, uh, I'll start out by saying that I believe in aliens. No, not the outer space kind. Not the outer space kind. But there are many kinds of aliens. It's actually a Latin word that means other. People that are other than you. It might, it's, uh, could be another race. It's that, that, uh, a foreigner, an outsider. Someone other than you. Now it gets a negative connotation when you go to the verb alienate. It's that, that, uh, making an enemy or, uh, uh making, um, to make someone unfriendly is to alienate them. And so it gets a negative context, but really it's the idea of just somebody different from you is an alien. Well, I've been an alien at times. In fact, I still am one in many settings. I think you have been studying the book of Ephesians and it talks in Ephesians 2, chapter 12 about being an alien those who were without hope, without God in the world. No hope and without God in the world. Separated from the covenant of God. They were the others. And we were there too, weren't we? But, Ephesians 2.19 goes on to say, you're no longer aliens, but citizens. Citizens of a country not made with hands, right? Whose foundation is in heaven. That's what Abraham looked for even as he wandered through the promised land, living in tents. What does the book of Hebrews say? It says he dwelt there like an alien because his eyes were fixed on another country where he was a citizen whose building and foundation was God. So we all have been aliens or are aliens. And if you've ever been overseas, you might know a little bit of what that feels like. Well, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 10. I'll be reading out of the um, New American Standard. Deuteronomy chapter 10, starting with verse 12. This is Moses now getting the people of Israel ready to go into the promised land. He's not going to get to go. But he's getting them, and this Deuteronomy is the second statement of the law. He's getting them prepared. He's going over some key ideas and calling them to obedience. And uh, these were God's chosen people. 
a chosen nation, even as Peter tells us that we as the church are a chosen people, a kingdom of priests. And there are many parallels between Israel, pictures within Israel, that relate to the church. And this is a key one, I think. Deuteronomy chapter 10, I'm going to start with verse 12. Moses says, and now Israel, he's going to do a little summary. What does the Lord your God require from you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, and love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the Lord's commandments and His statutes, which I am commanding you today for your good. That's, that's it in a nutshell, he's saying to Israel. Here it is. Here's your responsibility. And here's who you're going to follow. He goes on to describe who God is. Verse 14. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the highest heavens, the earth, and all that is in it. We sang songs like that this morning, didn't we? The song's tremendous. Who is this God that we're called to serve? He's the one who has belongs. He's the owner of it all. He owns heaven, the highest heavens. He owns the earth and everything in it. This is the God that we're called to serve. Well, what's He like? goes on, uh, verse 17... For the Lord your God is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God who does not show partiality nor take a bribe. He executes justice for the orphan and the widow, and he shows his love for the alien by giving him food and clothing. This is the God, this is what God's like. This God you're going to serve is not just the owner of everything, but look at the, look at his nature. Look at his character qualities. Lord of lords, great, mighty, awesome, yes. But he does not show partiality. He does not take a bribe. And he has compassion not only to execute justice, even as we sang this morning too. He executes justice, but he has compassion for the widow, the orphan, and the alien. So Moses is building a case to these children of Israel, as to who this God is that He's now told them they need to serve, they need to obey with their whole heart, soul, strength. Give them entirely to this God. And this is what He's like. He's not like the gods of the country they're going into. He's not like any other God that, that the nations worshipped. He's the one true God who owns and created it all. Yet, verse 15, going back to verse 15, yet, On your fathers did the Lord set His affection to love them. And He chose your descendants after them, even you above all peoples, as it is to this day. This awesome God who created everything that there is, who's great and mighty and Lord of lords, He chose a people, descendants of Abraham, And he chose them and marked them out to love them and to show his affection to them. So, Moses goes on to say, Circumcise then your heart and stiffen your neck no more. 
calling them to respond to this grace, this fantastic expression of grace that the God of all gods would choose a people. And we know from other places in scriptures, it's not because they were mighty. It's not because they were extra good. It's not because that they had some special inside track, special knowledge. It was because God chose them. In his sovereignty, he chose them. We are going to try and look at why he chose them. So now Moses has said what they should do in a big picture. He said what this God is like that they're supposed to serve. Then he says, now don't be stiff-necked about this. Do it. Finally, he gets to verse 19, and he gives the first instruction that has a little meat to it, so first practical description of how to work this out in everyday life. And what's he say? Show your love for the alien. For you were once aliens in the land of Egypt. Forty years of wandering in the wilderness. A lot of the time, Egypt is there in the past. Everybody lived in Egypt. Virtually everybody lived in Egypt is dead. Moses is coming back to visit this, and he says, Remember, you as a people were aliens once. Show, how do you work this out? How do you serve the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and keep His commandments and the statutes? How do you do that? Just like God. Act like God. Be like your Father. Be about your Father's business. Love aliens. Love those people that are different from you. Now, I'm, I work with international students. But this is a call for us to love people who are different than us in many capacities. Maybe someone with a handicap. Maybe someone of a different race, yes. Maybe someone with a speech uh, difficulty. Somebody that you just feel a little uncomfortable around because they're not like you. But what's God say? Love them. Remember, you were an other at one time. You were an other. You've been on the outside. You've been an alien. Imagine what it's like uh, you come into a room and everybody else knows everybody and you don't know anybody. You ever been in one of those situations? You come into the party or you come into the room and no one knows your name. And you kind of slide a little over to the side. No one comes and talks to you. Because they're very comfortable with one another. But their comfortableness with one another is making you uncomfortable. What's God, in his compassion, want you to do? Break out of that comfort zone and walk across the room. There's a book on evangelism entitled that. Just walk across the room. Just walk across the room and say hi. It's amazing uh, the number of people downtown Lancaster. They wear a little bit different clothes. They have a different, maybe from Nepal or they're from uh, uh, 
Burma or they're from <clears throat> some uh, Asian country or some uh, African country and you, they dress a little different. You say, can I really talk to them? Of course you can talk to them. They're waiting for somebody to talk to them. Just say hi. Ask them what their name is. There's nothing threatening about extending a little friendship to someone who is other, other than you. No longer uh, aliens, but citizens, Ephesians tells us. And Paul says over in 2 Corinthians that as citizens of that other country, we are to be, 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 20, we are to be his ambassadors. In other words, we are sent to a foreign country where we are right now. Because we're citizens in heaven. So we're in foreign territory. We're to be relating to people as ambassadors for Christ. Calling them to be reconciled to God. Ambassadors. That's our task. Why don't we just go to heaven right away when we first accept Jesus Christ? It's because he wants us to be an ambassador to those who are still aliens. And to call them into the kingdom. Have you ever been an alien in a foreign country? Do you remember what it was like to be in a... If you've traveled at all, when you, you can't read the signs. I do pretty well in Roman script, you know, in Latin America. You, know, you can do pretty well there. But you go to China, or you go to uh, Cambodia, where I've been, and you, you try to... <laughs> you can't find your way around at all. You can't make heads or tails of those, those signs. And you feel very much like an alien. Well, that's what, when people come to our country, they can feel they've left their family, they've left their friends, they've left their house, they've left their familiar culture, they've left their language. They're looking for a better life. And they come to the United States, some 700,000 a year students come to the United States to study here. And the vast majority of them never make a North American friend. They come, they hide in their room in their college, they go to their college classes, they connect with other internationals, and they go back to their country saying, those North Americans are self-absorbed, they don't care about the rest of the world, they're so arrogant. And I think maybe we should figure out how to blow up some of their buildings. Quite a few of the bombers of the World Trade Center were educated in the United States and came out of that experience with no North American friends and a hatred for what they saw. We can make a difference just by being willing to walk across the room. Go with me to Mark chapter 11. Building on this, what Moses said, he told the people, love aliens, love aliens. Remember you were an alien once in Egypt. Remember how you were treated. Remember how bad it was. Don't be that way. 
Moses trying to get the people of Israel to love God because God has a heart for those aliens. God has a heart of compassion for those widows and orphans. Be like that. Why did God choose Israel? He wanted Israel to be an example to the world. He wanted to use Israel as the tool to reach the world. You can read through the Old Testament over and over and over again. God's heart was for the nations. And by nations, it's the people groups of the world. And over and over again, He wanted Israel to be that bridge to the nations. In fact, He designed the temple that way. He designed the house of meeting with Moses and later, when Solomon built the temple, they built a place that was called the Court of the Nations. Now, if you know your temple layout, you know the most important place, of course, was the Holy of Holies, where the priests went in once a year, made sacrifice for the atonement of the sins of the people. There was also other courts where uh, other sacrifices were made, and then the court of the women. Then the biggest, by far the biggest square footage was a place called the Court of the Nations. And this is where the nations were supposed to be able to come and worship that God that Moses described who was awesome and owned everything. The high heavens, the heavens and earth and everything in it. And here's where he's going to choose to dwell. Come there and worship him. And he set up, they set up a court of the Gentiles. Well, let's pick it up by Jesus' time. Verse 15 of chapter 11 of Mark. They came to Jerusalem. He entered the temple and he began to cast out those who were buying and selling in the temple. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. And he would not permit anyone to carry goods through the temple. And he began to teach and say to them, Is it not written, My house, my house, I own it. My house, Jesus says, shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations. But you've made it a den of thieves. Do you know where that was, where all the, where all the goods were set up? Where all the dove selling was going on? Where all that commerce was going on? It was in the court of the nations. In other words, the court of the Gentiles. The place where the Gentiles were supposed to be able to come to worship, the Jews said, you know, we could have it a lot better We wouldn't have to bring doves from afar and sheep. We wouldn't have to carry them here. We could just buy them at the temple if there was a place where we could serve ourselves in that way and buy what we need. Oh, well, how about this court of the Gentiles over here? We're not really using that much. And they set up the commerce in the court of the Gentiles. So they took what was supposed to be for the nations, their compassion, their reaching out to the nations, and they said, why don't we use this for ourselves? Because really, we are the chosen people. We Christians are the chosen people, aren't we? And sometimes I can see an arrogance within the church that is very similar to that expressed by the Jews. 
where we say, God chose us, aren't we special? God didn't choose us because we were special. He chose us out of His sovereign grace that we might be an example to others that they might respond to that sovereign grace, not because they earned it, not because they deserved it, but out of His mercy He saves us. And we have to have that mentality a little bit better than what I see in many churches where we stand back and we say, let's spend whatever on ourselves, let's do it for ourselves, let's stay. and we become very much the center of the universe. So these North Americans, these uh, uh, internationals come to the United States and never get a North American friend because we are just a little too interested in ourselves. The world is coming to us and we need to seize the opportunity. Not allow fear, not allow status quo to box us up and keep us from reaching out to those around us who are different than us. In whatever way they're different, we need to cross those barriers. Jesus cleaned out that court of the Gentiles because he was trying to get a nation and then a church to get back to his original plan. His original plan is that the nations would come to him and worship. So that before the throne, one day, there will be people from every tongue and tribe and nation giving praise to him which only He deserves. And that will happen as we get about our Father's business. Showing compassion to those different than us. Recognizing there was a time when we were an outsider. When we were without hope, without God in the world. Do you remember what that was like? Remember that first love? when you first recognized how great those of us who accepted Christ late in life, I I mean, I was in my 20s, so that's not late now looking back on it. (laughs) 20s pretty early. But but I I had done a lot of living by the time I came to Christ. So I can look back and recognize the transformation that Jesus Christ did when he brought me out of the kingdom of darkness and transferred me into the kingdom of his dear son. Never lose that. Look back on that, even as the children of Israel were to look back at Egypt and recognize where God had brought them from. Recognize where God brought you from or what God spared you from. And recognize the fantastic gift that you have in Jesus Christ And the world needs it. And it's our job. It's what it means when it calls us to love God with our whole heart and soul and strength and mind. And to obey His commandments. He wants us about His business. Well, I invite you to work that out in any way in your life that God leads. But you can certainly love and serve aliens 
over at the International House, we have a lot of opportunities for, for uh, volunteers, and we appreciate them all. We're a multicultural community, 30-some different students, and 50, usually 12 to 15 different countries, and they are watching. We usually mix in some North Americans. We have uh, people from the community that might come over and just uh, help clean up lunch or dinner and then sit around and talk with international students, get to know them, have a relationship, maybe take them shopping. You know, who knows where it'll go. But you have to walk across the room. You have to invest the time. Ayako was a... No, sheesh. I always check that. Well, obviously not always. Uh, Ayako was a, a young... Japanese girl who watched intently for two years at the International House before she came to Christ. She wanted to see whether there was anything genuine about this, and she had a real good nose for spotting uh, hypocrisy. But we saw her over a two-year stretch asking more and more questions. There was a young uh, man who was a we called him David. That was the name he picked in the United States. He was a member of the Communist Party. And he was here for six months. And about four or five months into that, he was sitting in the car with me. And he says, um, why can't a person believe in God and be a member of the Communist Party? I think he can. And I don't know where, whether he's still a member of the Communist Party, but I know that before he left to go back to China... He placed his faith in Jesus Christ. He's going to have to work out what he does with that other thing at the other end. But we connected him with the church in Shanghai. There was another Buddhist fella, and he called, he said, he's Mike. I said, Michael? He says, no, Mike, like is a microphone. They just pick a word, you know, and say, okay, this is going to be my name. Okay, so he's going to be Mike, M-I-C. So, Okay. First day there, we come into lunch, and I sat down, and uh, I just bowed my head for a moment of silent prayer before I ate my meal. And when I raised my eyes up, here's Mike about, you know, he's leaning across the table looking at me. And he said, who did you just present that food to? Buddhist. So he accustomed to flowers or, you know, you know, all kinds of ancestor stuff and, you know, the uh, presenting of food, very common in the Buddhist culture. He wanted to know who I was presenting my food to. I said I wasn't presenting my food to anybody. I was being thankful for it to the one who created it. And we, I had our first conversation with Mike about the gospel. And it started with who God, that there's a God. And it's a God of gods who's over all things. So these are little steps, little steps. Mike returned to his country without, uh, to my knowledge, without accepting Christ. But he certainly had a better picture when he left than when he came. Willingness to reach across the room. Called to be ambassadors. Make it a test. Make it a challenge to yourself to 
identify with some foreign visitors, maybe, or someone other than you. Recognize that maybe they are outside of the covenant of Jesus Christ, covenant of grace, and that you can choose to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ to them. Let them into your life. Befriend them. Don't entertain them. Befriend them. There's a big difference. Relate to them as a person and see how God might lead. A lot of people never come to church because they're never asked by someone that knows them. Take a risk. It's exciting to get involved in people's lives who are other than you. Get out of your comfort zone and see what God can do because God is interested in taking the church and calling out a people for His name that in heaven, throughout eternity, there will be voices from every tongue and tribe and nation giving Him praise. That's what we're about. That is something worth investing your life in. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for this lesson from Moses and the children of Israel. They certainly uh, they didn't do it so well many times. They got looking at the gifts that you gave, got their eyes off the giver and the tasks before them. Help us, Father, to see the great grace that you pour upon us every day and that that grace is so we can reach out to others and share it with them. Father, motivate our hearts with compassion to be more like you. That we might bring you the praise that you are due. I thank you for this church. I thank you for their interest in missions. I thank you for their desire to please you in so many ways. It's encouraging to the heart just to hear. So bless their ministry, Father. Multiply it through Jesus Christ in the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen.